Hi, this is Martin Thompson from the ITM Review. Welcome to the ITM Review podcast. This podcast was recorded in January 2020, and this is a conversation with a number of partners that are kindly sponsoring our US conference. And we wanted to get the commercial view of the ITAM market in terms of what's happening, where the market is going, and where these guys are innovating. So it's an interesting conversation with uh, Neil from SHI, Sinead from Origina, uh, Damien from LA, and Christy from Excite Consulting. And we looked at the trends that they're seeing in the market, some of their predictions for uh, asset managers about where asset managers can grow over the next few years and where the career opportunities lie. And finally, what their businesses are up to uh, from a commercial point of view in the 2020. Our US conference is held on the 18th and 19th of March. It's at USF, which is the University of South Florida in St. Petersburg. And St. Petersburg is on the uh, west coast of Florida, overlooking the Gulf of Mexico, very close to Tampa. If you listen to the whole of this podcast, you'll hear a discount code for a free ticket to our US conference. Without further ado, here's a podcast. Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast, news, reviews and resources for ITAM, SAM and software licensing professionals. Welcome guys to the ITAM Review Podcast. If I could begin by asking you uh, to introduce yourselves, who are you, what do you do, what does your company do? Hi, my name is Neil Frodsham. I'm SHI's Director of ITAM Services. Uh, my role covers uh, all of our customers wherever they are around the world. We have a team of industry experts who are there to help our customers manage their hardware and software assets. Hi all, my name is Sinead Gerdy and I'm the Global Head of Marketing for Origina. So for those that are not aware who Origina are, we are the global leading provider of third-party IBM software support. Um, we're unique as we not only save our clients an average of 50% of the current IBM software contract, but the level of service they receive is an expert level. So we assign high-level IBM product experts with decades of experience to each of our client accounts. So that means we work through their problems for best fit solutions instead of generic solutions that may not suit their software environment deployed. Hello, Martin. I am Damien Juillard. I am the COO of ILI. Uh, ILI, we are a French company. We are a pure player of software asset management. Uh, we do provide consulting services on SAM for large accounts. And uh, our offering goes from um, SAM services like uh, technical audit defense today uh, to advanced SAM managed services. Uh, we know that we are almost unknown uh, in the US because our workforce is uh, mainly French, and we are working on the French speaking market. What we have to propose today is a new offering that we have called sandbox.io, and I want to insist on first uh, the fact that we have sort of uh, easy to use uh, some processing. Uh, the customer is autonomous. Great. Hi, hi everyone. Um, my name is Christy Hawkins. I'm a managing director at Excite Consulting. Uh, XI Consulting is a boutique IT asset management training and training um, organization. We work predominantly in the US, but we have a small team in Australia and um, are helping clients in other parts of the world as well. 
Um, our particular focus is um, more around the uh, providing companies with how they can get better uh, use out of their SAM tool. Um, although we help on all different sorts of SAM tools, um, we have a particular area of focus on the FlexNet um, manager suite, uh, as a number of our team have had um, significant end user experience in that area. Um, so we tend to focus on that at the, at the most. Uh, our team consists of people with experience for, that have had worked in Big Four, um, as well as out in industry. So we're coming from both sides of the fence and we're helping people with their um, IT needs. Great, thank you. So what are you seeing in the market? What trends are you seeing amongst your customers? Yeah, hi, this is Christy. Um, what we're seeing is that I guess a lot of people and a lot of customers um, interested in understanding what the different SaaS tools are in the marketplace uh, because obviously it's a growing area. Um, no one has a good handle or not many people have a good handle on their current spend within their organisation. I mean, they're aware that they've got, they've made some purchases, but until they truly get in there and um, dig around, uh, I think it's surprising just how much SaaS is actually in the environment. So for um, IT asset managers, they're starting to, I guess, feel the, the move towards that area as a bigger, as a growth area within um, an area to manage for themselves or in joint with another area of the business. Uh, so they're trying to understand how um, how they fit in, I guess, to um, that part where what control they're going to have, if, if any, or at least how they're going to coordinate with the areas of the business that will have control. And where is the pain coming from or where is the source of people looking coming from? Is, is this a CIO conversation, asset manager conversation that you're having, somebody else in the business? Where is that actually coming from? Yeah, at the moment, it's coming from the asset managers. I think because there's been so much in the last 12 months at different conferences talking about SaaS and I guess people are seeing the move. And I think there's a, almost a little bit of fear from the IT asset managers on how that's going to in, impact their own um, roles in the organisation. So I think they're trying to, to get, get a little bit of ahead of it and understand what, what that might mean and how they can um, transition their own roles to um, better under, to better manage that and be a part of it. Right. And I think it's down to the pure growth in usage in that area as well. The spend is going through the roof, isn't it, in, in comparison to, say, on perpet perpetual on-premise software? Yeah, absolutely. Neil, any views on this? I imagine a lot of your customers are trying to get their arms around the concept of SaaS and uh, spend and management and risk. What are you seeing in your customer base? I completely agree with what Christy's just said, which is this is an area customers are struggling to get their head, heads around and there's a lot more education coming out of it. Um, it really is a gigantic shadow IT spend that, that customers really don't understand. We're often finding at least four times the spend that customers expect. So... Um, in some recent projects that, that we've been doing with customers, really trying to get a view of what they're using. You know, on average, we're, we're finding four times the spend that, that companies are, uh, are unaware of. And with that, there's significant opportunities for um, consolidation, both financially as, as well as you know, eliminating duplicate, duplicate applications that essentially do the same thing that, that businesses are licensing multiple times. And what would you advise 
customers to do in this area? What's their first step? Obviously, it's the old adage of people, process, and technology. Where do they start with this stuff? With with SaaS, it's a multitude of different approaches that you need to take. You've got to find the spend firstly, because you're not going to discover these applications typically on your network using traditional tools. Um, so you've either got to start to look at some of the specialist tools. At SHI, we've just completed a review of the entire SaaS market space. We've looked at all the technologies that are commercially out there, um, assessed them, looked at what's good, what's bad, what's got real value to to our customers to, to really be able to recommend some, some technology that will help customers to see the spend, understand um, through that multifaceted approach of looking at, you know, with financing, credit card expenditure or purchase orders that are going out, as well as connecting via APIs into portals to actually, you know, look at what that spend is and who's accessing the software and who's not using it. What surprised me about this space as well, because we've done uh, research around this as well, is, is the reasons people need to manage SaaS. It's not always just spend. There's also significant security risk as well, isn't there? Correct. And, and with a lot of those tools being um, relatively new onto the market, Martin, they, 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 there are you know, vulnerabilities coming onto the market and you know, data losses that are happening. And often the, the, the businesses are unaware of, uh, of those things. So that's one of the things we've been looking at is also the security angle to try and ensure that we can um, notify customers as early as they can if there's been a breach with a particular SaaS vendor that we're helping them manage. And Sinead, I know this is not your sweet spot for Origina, but have you got a comment on this? Any any views to share on, on this? Just a, a little bit, to be honest. Um, what we're finding is a lot of our customers, because we deal with the legacy system, so it's the on-premise um, software, and um, a fair few of our clients are extending their legacy because the SaaS solutions are limited. They can't do everything that their on-premise can do, so they have to spend a bit more time to do out that future roadmap instead of migrating it to SaaS. So we're finding that the legacy is we have to maintain it longer, which is great for us, um, but that's what we're finding. And Damien, any views on the SaaS market? Sure, well, first I agree on, on what has been said uh, so far, meaning that indeed we have a, a, a new uh, gesture to imagine with our customers. Monitoring the spend is definitely important, but they also expect from us that we advise them on how to optimize and to keep the, let's say, the profiling under control. And last point I would say, because you, you mentioned security, uh, Martin, uh, security is indeed uh, one critical point when it comes to SaaS, especially for onboarding and offboarding users. When you multiply your SaaS tools, it's a bit more complicated to make sure that uh, someone who has left the company uh, is not in the uh, security of the of these SaaS tools. So we have something to, to imagine and to automate around that. And whilst we're talking cloud with you, Damien, you, you mentioned as a trend the the move to hybrid cloud and maybe people some one of the sort of observations that people make is that maybe people have moved to the cloud too quickly and they've tried to shift everything over and now perhaps they're moving back. Is that something you is that a view you share? What what, what are you seeing in the market from, from a cloud use point of view? Yes, the, this, it's exactly the same as for, for SaaS application. We have seen in the past uh, two or three years uh, cloud strategy which were very aggressive, 
meaning that we do want to uh, close our data center and move to well-known providers. And what we, where we are now is that we do have definitely a big trend to the cloud, but we still have some footprints that have been identified to, to be on-prem and for a long time. So customers are now in the mood where they know they will have to manage both environments and, of course, between Ely and Sandbox.io, we are specialists of licensing, so we advise them on how to calculate your licensing at the same time in both environments. But if we extend that to the total cost of ownership, we now have also to consider the cost of the clusters, the machines behind that, and sometimes even the, 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 full, um, the full picture with spread meters and so on and power. So that's something new, and definitely we have complicated financial simulation to, to provide uh, to our customers in that. And Neil, if I could come to you, um, what are you seeing in your customer base in terms of cloud usage? I'm sure there's lots of companies that want to go cloud first. Are you seeing more and more adoption there, or is there some reticence of people moving back? What's the, what's the general view? I, th I think we've seen a little bit of both, Martin, and I think as you, you share earlier, we're finding customers who take the shock of um, having moved things quickly to the cloud, who, who are spending more than, than they anticipated, and having to really look at those applications to see how they um, can re-engineer them to reduce those, those costs. E equally so, I still think there's a massive trend that I think it's been driven by um, uh, by the vendors themselves. You know, we've seen programs change from Microsoft to go away from the traditional compliance conversations to go more to uh, funding cloud adoption and and how people can make that move and you know uh, cloud ascent and and move themselves right up to, uh, to to using cloud services where they previously were. On that topic, what's the current uh, posture of Microsoft when it comes to audit? My view uh, is that they've maybe taken their foot off the pedal, but that's been challenged recently to say that maybe the audit program is still alive and well. What, what what's your view? Um, I, I agree with you. I think, by and large, most of what were the teams who who used to drive the audits <coughs> have changed to cloud-focused teams. So they're using different methodologies and different tools and technologies to help customers understand the benefits of moving to the cloud and the economics of moving to the cloud as opposed to having compliance conversations. So uh, particularly in the last... 12, 18 months, you know, if you're talking Microsoft in particular, Martin, I, I've seen a gigantic shift in the conversation. There are still audits going on out there, but but not at the same scale that, that they were previously. Yeah, I think, Christy, I, I would agree with that as well. We're definitely not seeing it to the same level as, as we have in the past. And I, and I think just to add to what Christy said, Martin, I, I think it's affected a lot of the SAM providers and the, the tools that are out there. You know, there's been a, a big group of um, organisations out there, small independent SAM providers, who've been really impacted by that change. A number of them have gone out of business, a number of them have gone out of the market, and, um, and it, it really has disrupted um, a lot of the providers out there. At SHI, I think we predicted it a number of years ago and, you know, diversified our business and we're still helping customers in exactly the areas if they want to talk compliance, 
we're here, the, you know, the independents and all of the service providers are there to provide those services and, and help them. And equally so, there's the cloud, the SaaS conversation, you know, the, that's out there that's uh, really important for most customers to continue to uh, get the assistance. And on the topic of IBM, Sinead, they seem to be selling off anything that's not strategic and cloud-based and can fit in with Red Hat and all the rest of it. So a lot of a lot of being a lot of products being culled from the IBM portfolio. Can you provide a view on that? What's going on with IBM customers that so some some go off to HCL, some go off to other companies? What's what's been going on? Yeah, no, 100%. So 2019 was the year of the sale. Um, IBM made it clear that legacy isn't their priority going forward. It's going to the cloud, and that's why they did the Red Hat acquisition. So they sold some of the, the um, core products, um, core legacy products, such as uh, WebSphere, Unico, Unica, Notes, Domino, Connections, Algo, and Watson Marketing Hub. The, let's take example the HCL sale. Well, that went through in end of June. So if you had a contract with IBM, a contract, a software support contract with IBM up to the end of June, well, IBM are your software support provider. But after that expires, you're moving to HCL then. And this is a lot of uncertainty with clients. You know, what is the future roadmap of these products? You know, what's the level of support going to be? You're going to be using a different provider. Um, and this uncertainty and kind of publicity of the sale of these products has made the customers or the you know who have these stack in their organizations to take a closer look. In the last six months, we've seen a 300% increase in organizations asking for quotes on how much we can save off them and what the type of level support we can provide than previously. So it really is... Um, a lot of these systems are stable, so they're looking at the bottom line where they can do the cost savings and use that cost savings for those cloud migrations. And Neil, if I could come to you from the other side of the IBM market, presumably SHI, I know it's not strictly not your remit because you're in the ITAM team, but SHI presumably is a company still selling a lot of IBM to customers. IBM succeeding with their pivot? Are they doing a good job getting rid of all this old legacy stuff and doing it focused on the new stuff? Uh, SHI definitely are selling uh, a lot of IBM. Uh, I think we're also seeing, um, as Shino touched on a minute ago, we're, we're, we're seeing an uptake in audits. We're seeing a lot of customers, and we've seen about three times more customers being audited this year comparatively to last year already. So there's certainly a lot of activity that's going on out there. And I think a lot of it's also been drawn, you know, driven by changes in, you know, the Microsoft infrastructure. So Windows uh, Server 2008, obviously going end of support has a big impact on customers who are using that for some capacity. So there's some very limited timescales for people to go through that transition to supported platforms. Just touching on um, what Niels uh, spoke about there, you know, the increase in audits. What we find with our clients is um, they'll get an audit letter, but IBM will use it as a negotiation point to move across to the SaaS um, stack. So it's sometimes a bit of a ploy on IBM to get clients to move across. Moving on to predictions. If you were an asset manager or one of your, you think about one of your customers and you're looking at, the year 2020, new year, new decade. What opportunities do you think 
are there for career growth? Where should they focus their careers? And where do you think the most value is that they can deliver back to their companies? What I've seen over the past few years is that the first period of a sand manager is not the most comfortable one because uh, during the, the first two or third, three years, the sand managers keeps on going to, to, to the CIO and saying, well, sorry, but I have a bad news. I have identified a, a non-compliance on that software, that software, and uh, we need a couple of K euros, a dozen of K euros, hundreds of euros, millions, I don't know, well, to, to sort this out. So it's not bad news, and we have to clean the situation first. Uh, hopefully, uh, what we know now is that the sound managers are, uh, well, um, cleans the, the situation well, as much as possible, and they can now focus on the, on the future, and which is more strategic for the company. So software policy, cloud, of course, transition to the cloud again, and, and maybe something new uh, when it comes to software asset management, which is making savings because avoiding the risk is one thing, but generating real savings, cash savings is another thing. And when you can generate savings, well, it's not the same story. You, uh, you tell to your CIO and generate savings is also a manner to, to fund the innovation within the company, uh, especially when you have to, to accompany the digital transformation. So I think that the SaaS managers now have a real opportunity to, to have another speech to their colleagues and to their peers, to their managers, and that's something new they really should uh, uh, leverage on. Uh, this is Christy from Exec Consulting. Uh, as far as new opportunities for career growth for ITS, ITM professionals, though, for what I see, it is definitely moving, um, understanding more around um, SaaS, uh, what tools are on the market in that area, um, develop, how you can go about developing the relationships internally and so that you can continue to support and provide value in that area to the organisation. Hi, it's Neil Martin. I think from you know industry professionals, the, the, there's a lot of areas and a lot of emerging um, you know, business functions that give growth opportunities for people, you know, particularly out there, any, anyone who's got SaaS experience is, is clearly new. There's going to be a lot of work this year done with customers looking at how they manage things like Office 365 differently, make sure they're adopting um, all of the programs that are as part of their packages and also making sure where appropriate, they're closing off people who, who are using and getting that visibility. So anyone who's been working in those spaces, I think going to be in demand. And I think the general cloud um, experience in an area is is something that is going to be attractive out there in the market. Hi, this is Sinead speaking. Um, so I think with ITAM, you know, it's not just about counting the licenses, distribu distributing the IT budgets. I think the biggest skill in the coming while is to be the best stakeholder management in the organization, being able to get the C-level buy-in um, and also across all the levels where the decisions of what they make with the stack, who it affects and getting them on board. Because by having like your IT architects, your C-level, you know, digital transformation managers, aligned with you it means that any changes to the stack or projects that you want to um, deploy will happen faster smoother and with everyone on board so 
not you know no one blocking um, the future roadmaps and I think that's really crucial so finally guys um, if I could ask where is your company going in 2020 what can we expect from you uh, and where where's, where's your business growing Hi, this is Christy from Expat Consulting. Um, where our current company is uh, focused for 2020 and looking to grow uh, is to continuing to support our and train our clients on how to obtain more value out of their current ITAM tool um, deployments. Continue working with our clients so to better understand their Oracle Java installations. Uh, there's still a lot many that haven't gotten their head around what that means to. Uh, for the licensing requirements in that area. And uh, also we're looking to build out our methodologies to support our clients um, in the SaaS space. I think, um, I think we mentioned this on the last podcast, but there was a um, quote from Gartner saying only 25% of sound tool owners, uh, buyers were satisfied with their tools. So you've got a quite a large market to go after there in terms <laughs> of people that are dissatisfied, I think. so. I think you'll be quite busy. I think that's fairly accurate. <laughs> Hi, it's Neil from SHI. Our focus for 2020 is really three key things. We're growing very fast with our customers around the world, and we're helping customers to really manage all of those assets. And in most cases, that's through managed services, helping customers with tools and technologies they already have or also providing those those tools. The second major focus for us, as I spoke earlier in the podcast, is Office 365 and using some technology that we've developed internally to help customers understand, A, what their deployments are, how, how they're using it, whether they're using all of the features of, of that service and driving that service adoption where that's not the case. And also, obviously, ensuring that they were on the most efficient contract and that licensing people for the correct levels of licenses based on actual utilization. And the third thing is, is the continuity of audit defense. You know, we, we are seeing considerable um, data center focus that, that customers are out there being audited. Uh, and we're here to help our customers to provide the skills, the resources, and the experience to go through that process in the most organized way and, and ensure that they, they come out with a um, successful outcome as determined by, uh, by, by them, not by the, uh, the publisher. And, and how are you doing the Office 365 stuff, if you don't mind me asking? Is that like tapping into the API and, and like doing business intelligence Correct. on top of that? Or, right, right. Yeah, we, we, we've, we've developed interfaces into the Graph API. Uh, so to get to to the customer's own data, so there's no installation of um, agents. That there's there's no scanning of the network. We're connecting into the customer's data within within their portal within Microsoft, and we've built artificial intelligence rules on top of that to you know present that in a very graphical and easy to use way. So the system will not only tell you. Who's using Exchange? Who's using Gamma? Who's using all the subcomponents? Um, but we'll also tell you the right license type for that individual based on their usage. So it's pretty industry leading, actually. We we spent a, a couple of years refining this and developing it, and uh, uh, and we're going big with that to to all SHI customers in the next twelve months. Cool. And just one other quick question is just in terms of the assets that you actually manage for customers. 
because uh, if we think back, we're, we're at the start of a new decade, but if you think of the start of the last decade, 2010, I think there was no iPads, there was no probably very, very little cloud, and it was desktop and data center, practically, maybe a bit of virtualization. Um, what's on your desk in terms of new assets to be managed? Have you seen any IoT creeping in yet, or what, what's, what's, the, what's the scope of what you're actually managing with customers look like? Um, we're definitely seeing them out there, Martin. You know, we are seeing IoT devices within the data and, and the work that we're doing with customers. But actually, there hasn't been a dr dramatic request or demand for customers to manage those in those ways. I do expect that to change over the next few years as um, as the publishers, you know, cotton on to the fact that there are uh, IoT devices out there that are influencing licensing models. I'm expecting some changes to, to come there that will uh, will change that. But I'm I'm not so sure that's going to be that big in in the next few months over 2020. Okay, cool. Thank you, um, Sinead, uh Lots of new team members at Origina. A new shiny office in 2019. What does 2020 hold? Well, we just moved into the new office and we might be soon outgrowing it. So, um, yeah, no, 2020 was an amazing, 2019 was an amazing year for us, for sure. Um, we're continuing our triple digit growth, which we're delighted with, and we, we're going to maintain that into 2020. We're getting some of the top enterprises as clients and we want to continue that. So two aspects for 2020 is to continue our growth and keep keep making people aware of the service we provide and the value we add. And also from a client perspective, really educating them on what's involved in their original contract because a lot of our clients think, when they just switch the software, it's kind of a cost savings. They still maintain the support, but there's actually a lot more we offer, such as like our IBM, sorry, meet the experts um, sessions. So one of these is an example of we have a, um, a financial client, which is in the Forbes top 100 companies, and uh, they were sh shutting down their open pages and moving to a cloud um, service. And they wanted to export the financial data, but the version they were running um, didn't have an export capability, and they were they had not renewed their service with IBM, and it wasn't part of our contract. But just as a part of the Meet the Expert sessions, we were brainstorming with them. They said this was a major issue for them, and we said we let's take a look, and we did. Um, IBM's answer was to renew with them, pay the three times the software support fee. Um, just to get an upgrade, we did a workaround fix and within seven days had all their data exported and we just covered it as part of the contract because it was part of the Meet the Experts. So it's kind of getting our clients aware of um, don't be restricted just as a, uh, you know, oh, there's an issue, call us. We love when it, we love working with our clients to be reactive. You know, what do they foresee, such as like Black Friday shutdowns? How can we assist there? and help sort their stack in a way that it doesn't crash at their peak times if so that not, that's kind of core they're not used to that culture from working with ibm i guess not not at all and it comes as quite a surprise um a lot of our experts like they've been working with ibm for decades and some of them actually wrote the software so when they have a problem they're actually talking to the guys who know it inside out so it's not a generic response you know have you you know like the adage, you know, did you turn on and off the computer? Um, it's it's working through the stack. They get to know their software estate. 
And every time there's a problem, it's building on that knowledge as opposed to starting from scratch again. And that, that's a real culture change for them. Thank you. And Damien, finally, if we can come to you. So you've got this new sandbox.io, uh, which I think is a, is a, I think we covered it on the radio show in November or December. I think it's a very cool offering and quite differentiated. So what's the plans for 2020? World, world domination for sandbox.io, I guess. Yes, indeed. Yes, we've started sandbox.io uh, a few months uh, ago. It was launched on the 1st of October. So we are happy because we, we have uh, our first customers now running on sandbox.io. Uh, we started with uh, three verticals and a fully integrated experience uh, on SQL Server, Windows Server, and System Center, as well as Oracle database and middleware. Uh, so that was a, a good start, but we want to go further and uh, we want to release seven new verticals, both legacy on-prem licensing models like SAP, SAP Engine, IBM PVU, uh, as well as um, uh, well-known SaaS offers because we have talked about SaaS, we know it's a trend, so we will be releasing Salesforce, Office 365, and Adobe Creative Cloud. Um, so we're really uh, looking forward to developing new verticals, uh, integrated experience for our customers, and hopefully uh, autonomy uh, for them with the easy to use uh, models. Uh, and to compete, to complete um, that, uh, we have already started a, a program to recruit partners and resellers for our, our sandbox.io. It's important for uh, for us to have a relay in the different territories, and uh, one of them will be the US. And speaking of which, um, you're joining us at the US conference in Florida, and thank you to um, Neil at SHI, Sinead at Origina, and Christy from Excite all, all also join us in, in the University of South Florida on the 18th and 19th of March. Thank you very much for joining us on the podcast and very much look forward to seeing you in Florida. Thanks, Martin. Cheers, Martin. See you in Florida. See you all in Florida. Thank you for listening to the ITM Review podcast. I did promise a discount code for the US conference. You simply need to use the, the word podcast15. That's podcast 15. And we're giving away 15 tickets to the US conference. Uh, please check out the terms on the uh, ITAM View website. And if you have any issues with that discount code, please just email support at itassetmanagement.net. That's support at itassetmanagement.net using code podcast 15. Good luck. And thanks again for listening to the podcast.